Yeah. Three C's, my fiance. Yeah. Whoa, hey, yeah. whoa, say what? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No BS after our nice long short hiatus. You know, we're back in the saddle, getting the swing of things, you know, Isaiah and his Oakland A's, you know, doing that taking care of a business there at work, but we're glad to have no BS back, but I'll go to Isaiah tonight. Isaiah, how are you doing, my dear friend? I'm doing great, Trevor. I'm doing so great because today was a very great day. It was a very great Aloha Friday, not just because, you know, the 49ers had their first rookie mini camp practice and i gotta see my boy trey lance throw bombs down the field but it was also great because both my phillies and also my oakland a's won handily today so bravo to both of them congratulations on getting wins today and you know you guys might be thinking like well isaiah why are you wearing a phillies uh shirt um, you know, I know the Phillies played a game. I'm not wearing it because of the game. I'm wearing it because today is the 44th birthday of famous Phillies pitcher Roy Halladay, who tragically passed away in a uh, a plane accident a couple of years ago. So I'm just wearing this Phillies jersey in remembrance of him. So, uh, Doc, if you're watching right now from above, uh, you're – you're truly missed and can't believe you're gone, but happy, you know, it would have been your 44th birthday. Happy 44th to you, my friend. And thanks for all you've done for not just the Phillies, but the the city of Philadelphia as well. But we've got a lot of great topics to talk about. The NBA is almost at the playoffs. Can't wait for the playoffs, but we got a lot of things to get into tonight. Let's get it, man. Yep, it's fantastic to be on. Like I said, you know, it's a little late for us, you know, changing it up and, you know, having a good time here tonight. But, you know, I'll go to John, you know, joining us here tonight. So, John, how are you doing tonight, my friend? You know what? I guess no better way to spend a Friday night, no BS. A cold beer here. I would show my face, but my internet is being very weird tonight for StreamYard, unlike last night, which it was perfect. We're good. We're great. Another day, another week closer to the 2021 season. And Isaiah, I have to say you're welcome. Because of my Cavs losing today, it helped a couple of teams you rooted for. So you're welcome. I'm good. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm ready to fly down the Green Bay to get you that contract. I'll buy you a bottle of cup of coffee, bottle of Jack, whatever it is. I'll buy you a steak and a glass of wine, whatever it is. Whatever we can do to make it happen, let's do it, my man. Yep. And then now uh, we have from views from our, you know, fans. We got Corey, you know, he can't wait for the NBA playoffs. We'll, you know, talk a little bit more about the NBA. But first, gentlemen, we're going to dive into the NFL segment. And looking at, you know, me and Isaiah's teams for the upcoming, you know, 2021 season. So to start us off, we're going to start with the 49ers. And I'll go to Isaiah first so you can, you know, dissect the games or that are Wins and losses, we're not going to count preseason because those games do not matter. <laughs> exactly, man. Those preseason games do not matter. But you guys see this beautiful schedule right here from week one all the way until week number 18. Let me break this down, folks. 
the 49ers start the season in the Motor City at Detroit. I think that's going to be a win because Detroit is rebuilding. The 49ers have owned Jared Goff in history. That's a win right there. The 49ers are 1-0 to start the season. Then they go to Philadelphia, another 10 a.m. game. But I know a lot of the West Coast teams, they typically struggle when they have to go from West Coast to East Coast to play 10 a.m. games. But this is not going to be the story with the 49ers because they open the season in Detroit at a 10 a.m. game. And then they play the next week in Philadelphia at another 10 a.m. game. So I don't expect any you know rust from the 49ers or not showing up to the game because they're sleepwalking. Give me the 49ers in week two against the Eagles because I do not trust Jalen Hurts. Uh, Nick Sirianni, I think I don't really trust him. The Eagles are just in shambles right now, so give me the Niners in that one. I got them starting up the season 2-0. and And then week three, the matchup that we talked about last night against my guy Adam Barber's Green Bay Packers. Ace, if you're watching, man, we definitely got to get you on one of our shows for that that matchup because I know me and you are going to be going at it prior to that game. But folks, if we're judging by right now, right? If we're judging by right now and we're judging based on the fact that Aaron Rodgers will be playing in that game and it's not going to be Jordan Love because if it is Jordan Love, I think the 49ers easily easily have this game in the bag. I don't trust Jordan Love. I think the Packers will be in shambles with Jordan Love. But if it's Aaron Rodgers in that game, week three, like I told my guy John Alcorn a couple of days ago, it don't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers. It don't matter if it's Brett Favre. It don't even matter if it's, you know, the old Packers quarterbacks. Give me the San Francisco 49ers in that game because I know it's going to be Jimmy G versus Aaron Rodgers. But guess what? I'm not saying that Jimmy G is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying that Jimmy G and the 49ers with that great rushing attack, that great defense, that defense has owned Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the past, in the you know, the couple of times they faced off in 2019, the 49ers absolutely killed the Green Bay Packers. And I think history repeats itself there. Give me the 49ers in week three. I got them starting off 3-0. and Seattle, that one's going to be tricky because you guys know how much I hate the Seattle Seahawks. I call them the Sea Chickens, in fact. <laughs> Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, they always start off hot. But one thing that is working for the Niners in this game is that this game is at Levi Stadium. And the 49ers, the past couple of years, and in the Kyle Shanahan era, they have played the Seattle Seahawks extremely well at home. So you know what? Give me San Francisco again in this game. I got the Niners starting the season off 4-0. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to go all the way down to the wire because that's what happens when the Niners play the Seahawks. Arizona, I think, is going to be tricky. I think this is going to be a trap game. The 49ers are 4-0 entering this Week 5 battle, and I think they're going to get too cocky and um, too big-headed, and I think that they're going to drop this game to the Arizona Cardinals because, you know, Arizona on the road, it's tough. 49ers have 
historically never really done well against Arizona in Arizona. So I got them losing that game. It's 4-1 and one entering the bye week. Don't worry, folks. They're not going to lose the bye. So they're 4-1 uh, entering week 7 against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football. Give me the 49ers in this one. DeForest Buckner coming back to Levi's to face his former team. I just think San Francisco has the better overall team than the Indianapolis Colts. I don't trust Carson Wentz. I know Frank Reich and Carson Wentz work extremely well in Indianapolis, but still, I don't trust Carson Wentz not only to stay healthy, but to produce and be consistent on the football field. So that's what, 5-1 and one for the 49ers to start the season. And then Week 8 at Callen Chicago Bears. Believe it or not, I'm going to give them an L in this game. I'm going to give them an L in this game because, like I said earlier, West Coast teams, whenever they go and play a 10 a.m. game after Sunday night football, they always struggle. They always go into that game sleepwalking. They always struggle, and I think this is what's going to happen here. I think this is another trap game for the 49ers. They're going to go in. They're not going to be awake. They're going to struggle. The Bears are going to punch them in the mouth, and I think the 49ers ultimately drop this one because they didn't show up to that game. Week 9, I think they bounced back against Arizona. It's at home as well. There's no excuses for you to drop that one and Kyle Shanahan has owned Cliff Kingsbury in the past when they've met up to that's what six and two entering that week 10 Monday night football showdown against the Los Angeles Rams and you know what I'm gonna say San Francisco drops this one too I think they dropped this one because you know Sean McVay Matthew Stafford, all those weapons that they have, that great defense. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is even going to be healthy enough to play in this game. You might be seeing Trey Lance in this football game. But assuming Jimmy G's healthy, I just think that, you know, the 49ers, for some reason, every time they play the Rams, I know they own, they've owned them in the past, but it's really hard to – sweep an opponent. I just don't believe that the 49ers are going to sweep the Rams. I think they're going to split against the Rams, and I have them losing uh, Week 10 against the Los Angeles Rams. I think prior to that game, I think the Rams are on a bye as well, which hurts the 49ers since McVay is really good after the bye. So that's three losses for the Niners. Yeah, three losses for the Niners. I got them at six and three. Jacksonville, easy win right here. Trevor Lawrence, I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I think Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence will be a good fit in Jacksonville. But I just don't believe that Jacksonville has enough to take down the 49ers. That's seven and three. Week 12 against Steven and Brandon Herrera's Minnesota Vikings. The 49ers are going to do to the Vikings what they did to the Minnesota Vikings back in the 2019 or, yeah, no, the 2020, the 2019-2020 season playoffs. The 49ers are absolutely going to demolish the Minnesota Vikings because Kyle Shanahan runs the same scheme that Minnesota runs right now. He knows how to um, defend that scheme extremely well, and the 49ers have fared really well in the past against Kirk Cousins. So that is what 10 and is that 10 and 3, Trevor? I, I already lost count. You guys with, know with this long season, I, I'm already getting confused with my count as well. So, yeah, I, I have to go back. I think it was 2 and 0, 3 and 0, 4 and 0, 4 and 1. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
five and one, six, five and two, six and two, six and three, seven and three, eight. Oh, eight and three, eight and three. Perfect. Eight and three heading into the showdown that I'm looking forward to the most week 13, the start of December at Seattle against the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. I'm going to give them a loss because they have typically done really bad in Seattle. They just, for some reason, they cannot shake the noise, that raucous crowd in Seattle, and they always struggle in Seattle. I think it's going to be like that. Um, they've only won like once in Seattle in the past 10 years, so I'm going to give them the L in that game. That's 8-4. and four. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, uh, and the Bengals, eh, they're, they're no match for this 49ers team. Give me the Niners in that one. That's 9-4. and four. Week 15 against the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody is going to be saying, Isaiah, you the 49ers are easily going to cakewalk by the Falcons. But I'm here to say this, not so fast. I think the 49ers could lose this game because Kyle Shanahan has notoriously struggled against the Atlanta Falcons in the past. You look at two years ago when the Niners were supposed to whoop the Falcons, they went in and laid an absolute egg against the Atlanta Falcons. They couldn't score against that Falcons defense that was one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The Falcons... They know the ins and outs of Kyle Shanahan's offense. They know how to defend it, and I expect that the 49ers, I'm going to give them an L in this game. I just don't see San Francisco, or I see history repeating itself, and the Falcons being able to defend Kyle Shanahan's offense extremely well. That is 9-5 heading into the final three games of the season. Week 16 at Tennessee. Give me San Francisco. I'm going to take the Niners to go into Tennessee and beat the Tennessee Titans. There's no 10 a.m. early kickoff. The game, I believe, it starts at 5.25 p.m. here on the West Coast. The reason why I'm taking San Francisco is because when you look at it, the 49ers, they've got a great defense. They've got a great defense that is able to stop the run. And, you know, when you look at this Tennessee Titans defense, if you shut down the Tennessee Titans run game. If you shut down Derrick Henry in the run game and you make Ryan Tannehill have to beat you like the Ravens did last year, they get exposed. They get exposed and they're not the same team that they were with a great running attack. Their defense has been suspect. It was suspect last year. So I'm just taking what they gave me last year. Shut down the run. You won't Ryan Tannehill won't be able to beat you. Uh, give me San Francisco. That is 10-5. Houston, easy win. I don't think Deshaun Watson's even going to be there. I think the 49ers will be facing a rookie in Davis Mills. I think San Francisco easily blows past the um, the the Houston Texans. Sorry, folks. It's been a really long week. So that's, uh, what, 11-5 entering the final game against the Los Angeles Rams that Hey, if it's 11-5 heading into that game, I think that game could easily be flexed to a Sunday night football game to determine the NFC West. And Trevor, John, believe it or not, give me the red and go because Kyle Shanahan, like I said earlier, owns Sean McVay. And you know the Niners are going to come out strong. They're going to come out playing with a purpose because I think that game will be for the division. And I think San Francisco goes 12-5. and They go 12-5 and and wins the NFC West. That's my prediction.
Wow, Isaiah. You're you're gonna say that they win it. It's gonna see. Can they stay healthy? They can stay healthy. You know that's a valid statement. They can win it. But I'm gonna go to John, and I want to let you know John look at the schedule and saying, what will the 49ers record record be? Let me torture Isaiah here and. There's a thing called school and education. So I say, get your pen and paper. Get that. Uh, get that um, ruler they used to use back in the day for a huge butt whooping on the six. Number one, week one, of course, is going to be an easy win for the San Francisco. Now again, easy win doesn't mean you should take it day off. It's extremely important. Treat every game like a playoff elimination Super Bowl elimination game. The problem is here for Detroit. Tyrod Williams, Geronimo Allison, the third string receiver from the Packers last year. Rashad Perriman? These are Jared Goff's weapons for this year. We know the Detroit Lions are in rebuild mode here, I say, and Trevor. So no doubt in my mind, I can see the San Francisco 49ers will win this game. Week two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is not a franchise quarterback. Jalen Hurts does nothing special, and I hope I'm wrong, but the problem is here, we tend to always look at, oh, my gosh, look at these wins and losses. Well, Trevor, let's break that down. From college, habits from college, go to the NFL if you don't address it. He's, he wasn't good against teams with over four to five-plus wins his last year in college. This year, you saw last year, neglect, neglect football, pro football, focus, all the numbers. He overthrew receivers. I don't expect anything different this year. The same type of offensive line as last year. So, so far through the first two weeks, I have the San Francisco 49ers going to not this third one here. Isaiah, I need you to listen up here, buddy. If Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be in therapy. Jim Garoppolo needs to be in a mental hospital because he got his butt whipped so bad he needs to get butt surgery because his butt got sewn up because he got destroyed like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron flipping Rodgers. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. 46 TDs, four picks at, what, 36, 37? I'm sorry, can Jimmy Garoppolo, and I've been a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but I just, you can't trust him to stay healthy. That's really a big issue here. Week four here, again, those divisional gains are more pressure early on in the season. The reason why I have Seattle, not just because of the quarterback, it's just the problem is with Seattle, y'all. Seattle is a first-quarter team in terms of the first four to five, six games. They start off right hot. Russell Wilson, MVP caliber like form, MVP conversation towards the end of the season. It's an entirely different story. So for the first four weeks, I have them at two and two. Next one here is the Arizona Cardinals, and I pick the Arizona Cards because they're going to be playing pissed. They were 6-2, and two, had a number one scoring offense, and then went downhill and missed the playoffs and only won the three of the last seven to eight games of the 2020 season. They're going to play pissed. I understand the running game is definitely better with the Niners. We understand that there's some issues with the defense. We know the defensive coordinator, Isaiah, for the Cardinals. Remember? Vance Flippin' Joseph. He can't coach or organize defense. So that's a really – do I trust defense of more of the 49ers in this game? Yes, because they have Vance Joseph. You may not say the same as look like a bus last year. But I trust Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. I trust those two together to win this game. So the first five weeks, I have the going, let's say, 2-0, 2-2, 
two and three for the first five weeks of the NFL season. Of course, the bye week, the Colts, they just signed Eric Fisher about a week ago to a almost $10 million deal. Now, I understand we are very concerned about Carson Wentz and his health. I get that. But what was a big issue last year? Yes, health and turnovers. But what are some of the reasons for those turnovers last year, folks? The offensive line couldn't block to save his life. Now you got Eric Fisher. I understand you have another catcher retired, but you got another offensive lineman. The Colts have a great offensive line. I definitely think keep Carson Wentz healthy, so I picked the Colts to win this game. Number week eight, though, versus the Chicago Bears. <laughs> It's really frustrating, Trevor, and Isaiah, because it's one of those where you really don't know who the starting franchise quarterback is going to be. If Andy Dolan's been in contract, who I think is a very good quarterback, then you have Nick Foles, Justin Fields, who you do not play Justin Fields early because you have a huge potential who is a quarterback who has the potential to take the Bears to the playoffs and beyond. Not with the current head coach, not with the current GM, but specifically just for this game, I'll give you three situations. If Nick Foles starts... The 49ers win. If Andy Dolan starts, the Niners win. Not because Andy Dolan isn't capable. I just don't. I trust Andy Dolan more than I do, of course, the Matt Nagy. He can't start or make an offensive play to save his life. Even Matt Trevor, Madden 12, Madden 21, we can come up with better plays than Matt Nagy for the Chicago Bears offense. So the first eight weeks, they go two and three, two and four. Three and four to the first eight games or eight weeks. The next one, yet again, the Arizona Cardinals. I give it to the Cardinals. I'm telling you, after that catch versus the Bills last year, you saw a similar type connection between a certain quarterback with a certain team and DeAndre Hopkins. I just trust Kyler Murray. He's going to get better, and that's scary. The problem is in this game, the 49ers have the better head coach. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. He's a boring, unsuccessful Sean McVay. And the only reason why he's there is because of personal relationship with Kyle Murray. Football decision based on emotions. But I still give the Cardinals to win this game because I trust Kyle Murray and I trust DeAndre Hopkins, despite Ben Joseph, the defensive the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals. Next one here, the Rams. This game, though, folks, is going to be – there's more – there's only pressure – more heavy pressure on the Los Angeles Rams than it is the San Francisco 49ers. And I say this, Isaiah and Trevor, because the amount of picks and value that they traded to get Matthew Stafford, the deal is without saying it. We either win it this year or next year, or for the next four to five plus six years, we're going to have this ugly weird bro mode, and it's going to be a complete disaster. So there's more pressure for them to win this game, even if they don't make the playoffs this year. They have a young quarterback in Tramley. So they got the third overall pick. So I do pick the Rams to win this game, but it's going to be so much pressure with the Rams. Now, this next one here, I'm going to surprise y'all. This is an Isaiah-type take right here. Week 11, Jacksonville Jaguars, San Francisco 49ers. Isaiah, y'all get your popcorn ready for what I'm about to say because I can't believe I'm going full Isaiah here. Oh, boy. I'm picking the Jaguars to win this game. John. No, and it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Okay, I, I can buy that. I can buy because that. you have James Robinson. You have the guy that's going to play like a Percy. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. 
Wait, what did no, you? No, 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 no. What did you? you are, no, you need to let somebody else speak because you interrupt me all the time. So thank you very much. <laughs> You're gonna have a guy, Travis Etienne, who is going to. And I told you this. You can't be surprised. I told you that I believe the Jaguars are gonna win this game. It's gonna be a running type game for the Jacksonville Jaguars and specifically for the offense moving forward. You have Travis Etienne, who is a per, who Urban Meyer I believe can have that Percy Harvin type role. Percy had a lot of success at Florida, had success in the NFL, fortunately had to retire early due to injuries and other circumstances. But I trust him to win this game. It's not, It's going to be more like a 20 to 15 or 20 to 12 type of game. It's not going to be like you saw with the Rams and the Niners years ago where they all went off for like 40 to 50 plus points. and had the Jaguars in that game here. The next one here, if we can kind of pull that up, we can get some of these Moving forward here to see. All right. The next week, though, week 12. This shouldn't be a surprise. Does Kirk Cousins need to be arrested for pretending to be a franchise quarterback? Kirk Cousins. Minnesota. It doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter if uh, Jordan Love is uh, the starting quarterback for the Packers. It doesn't matter if a uh, – a three-foot bear is a starting quarterback for the Bears. It doesn't matter but who's a starting quarterback for Detroit. The Minnesota Vikings have no chance in this division, much less in this game, versus the San Francisco 49ers. I easily picked the Niners to win this game. Now, I understand, like, quarterback-wise, they're both eh, but I trust the defense 100% with the Niners versus, this, versus the Minnesota Vikings due to having to lose multiple pieces due to it. Direct tested. You have no room to talk when you said Drew Lock would win MVP last year and said Drew Lock would win MVP this year. So I get one take a year. So don't even give me that type of hoopla right here, my man. This next week here is, I believe, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to pick the Niners to win this game because, like I said before in week four, the problem with Seattle, besides all the drama, is that they're a first-quarter type team. Where through the first four to five games, they start off red hot. Trevor Isaiah, we saw in 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. You can also contribute that to maybe not having the offensive line top 10 most sacks quarterback for the 2020 season. But midway and farther throughout the rest of the season, Seattle tends to go downhill. The production goes downhill, which is why I picked the San Francisco 49ers to win this game. Next one here, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. The problem is I am a fan of Joe Burrow, but I cannot feel bad if you get injured next year. When you choose to play with your homie, there's a reason why friends and husband and wives should not work together. I don't care what sitcom or Isaiah's canceled mom show tells you. Should not work together. And you get injured, you're going to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history, not just a rookie. Not Tim Couch, not David Carr, not any of that. Don't even. <laughs> this next one here, the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said, like I told you, say, I picked the Falcons to win this game because the Falcons are in a weird situation here because we don't know. I mean, maybe it could be like Aaron Rodgers situation where it's a bunch of stories and clicks and views. We don't know. But there's a chance that Julio Jones could be gone. Maybe. So if even if Julio Jones is gone, I give the Falcons the edge in this game because they're going to have more pressure to make the playoffs and beyond than the 49ers make the, the playoffs pressure and beyond. 
because you have that 2017 Super Bowl, and ever since then, they've literally been sponsored by Higgins. Oh, sorry, it's actually Huggies, Isaiah, not Higgins. So I get the Falcons the edge in this game. Week 16, though, I pick Tennessee only because towards the end, it's hard for an NFL defense to play at a high elite MVP caliber-like level for a full 16-game season. Now you have 17 games, 18 weeks. I think they're still going to play phenomenal throughout the year, but what they've been able to do, first of all, no, it's not Ishmael. Don't give me that hoopla. You are in Higgins' timeout, but I picked Tennessee to win this game just because later on in the season, the San Francisco 49ers defense still going to do their thing, but they're going to – have some tiny wear and tear which happens to every nfl team every single season week 17 houston we have a lot of problems we don't know who your starting quarterback is going to be trevor and isaiah so for me this is the hardest game to evaluate regardless of who is the quarterback or not i don't know how to evaluate this one this one trevor i'm i'm at a I don't know mm-hmm. because regardless of what happens with the Sean Watson and the Houston Texans, you know, it's still investigation. So I'm not going to say anything. We're not going to, cause we don't know, but this is Tyrod Taylor. He is a below average Kirk cousins. Won't throw you a lot of picks. Won't throw you a lot of touchdowns, but won't win you a lot of games. So of course I put the San Francisco 49ers in this game week 18. I think, folks, this is going to be one of those top five, in my opinion, most must-watch games for the last week of the season. Because, like I said before, and I'll say this again, the Rams are under more pressure to win this game because of how much pressure is on Sean McVay. You failed to win the Super Bowl in 2019 with that sacked roster. You have literally one more chance. I'm not even sure. Even if they miss it this year, they'll have a chance next year. Because mentally... It's going to get in their head, oh, we had a chance, and we definitely messed it up. So overall record, let me kind of count this up here. I said two and three, two and four, three and four, three and five, four and six, four and seven, four and eight, four and nine. I just have, have a losing overall record. This year, and you can laugh all you want because we know how biased you are. And unlike with you and in my teams, I stick with them no matter what. And this is the 49ers guy, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Before I get to like mine, I'll, you know, Ishmael says his is going to be the 49ers go 11 and 6. I was thinking, you know, the 49ers go 11 and 6 as well. But it's like really hard. Like the more I start thinking about these games, it's gonna be on the lines of how their division plays. I have them splitting the division where they win three and they'll lose three. And where I'm gonna like, I don't know when they're gonna happen, the wins and losses, but I feel like it's gonna be a, a clean split. And I feel like it's week four where I would say the 49ers win, but somehow, like in week 13. Seattle makes like a push for the playoffs. It's like a weird late push. Like they may be like in the thick of things midseason, but they pull it out and somehow get like a wild card spot berth. So that's why I'm going with the lines of like splitting. Same with the Cardinals and the Rams. It's a lot of split here and there. 
So I'm going to get to the, you know, regular season. Out of the regular season, I see them winning against the Lions, Eagles, Bears, Jaguars, um, Bengals, and Texans. Teams that have issues or need things that still need to be addressed. The teams that I'm going to have them losing are going to be the Packers. I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in the Packers. Assuming. That's why I'm going to give the, the loss there. The Colts. You know, the weapons are still there. You know, you just have a good season. I, w- I guess you can say, you know, Carson Wentz is a veteran quarterback. It depends how you want to take that. But he has experience, and he can, you know, get the ball through. And the Colts, we saw with Phillip Rivers, you know, it's just like replacing one good quarterback. I shouldn't say good quarterback, but another, I, I guess, I don't know how you would really describe it, John. I know you're not a big fan of Phillip Rivers. Oh, he's totally like, above average Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so like he can still get the job done and get the ball up and down the field. I'll put it at that since that's more of like his role. The Vikings and Kirk Cousins, you know, it's really a toss-up because you don't know what you're going to get with the Vikings. They're going to be either a disappointment or somehow squeak this game out. Oh, no. You need they're to be not, drug tested. No. You need to be drug tested immediately. This, no. You're blowing smoke out of your you-know-what. You no, need your sports card taken away because the problem is, and I'll just, I, it won't be a long run, I promise. The problem is with a team that goes undefeated, it's really hard because not necessarily because you don't have the capability. Can you stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And you, good sir, you need to come on my show because you'll be drug tested every five minutes. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Cousins, did he throw that pick against the Atlanta Falcons last year? I'm sorry, they can't cousins throw that um that interception in the playoffs. So uh, there's a reason why the Vikings drafted Calum on. So you can't tell me with a straight face that Kirk Cousins was worth the fully guaranteed money. They're not gonna go 17 and 0. And it doesn't benefit a team to go almost necessarily go undefeated. I understand the Patriots were very close that year, but besides the Patriots and the Dolphins, it's really hard. To go undefeated. And you laughed at my take with the Jaguars and Niners. You need to be drug tested from their left and right ear and left and right nose because that is insane. All righty. Yep. As I try to bring this, you know, schedule on home, it's just looking at like the remaining games, like the Falcons, you know, if Julio Jones stays, you know, we could see something, but the Falcons have just been in hot water and. They just can't close out games. Like they could be in a huge league and somehow blow it. And it's like, if you're up 38 to let's say 17, most good teams would close that out, but the Falcons would find a way to lose it. Mm-hmm. It'd be 38, 41 somehow. And be like, how did you let this happen? But the Titans strong run game. If the 49ers can't stop it, you know, I'm going to go with the Titans on this. And then, you know, the Texans, it's easy bread and win but i'm gonna have like a feeling that i'm gonna say like the 49ers go like maybe like nine and eight but i i really don't know because it's like it's the how they play in their division will determine if they get you know this you know a couple extra the two extra games to have like an 11 six record so that's where where i'm gonna set i think it's pretty reasonable but let's move on to the chargers for their season and I'll go to Isaiah, you know, looking at the teams that the Chargers have to face. I'm not looking like on the bright side of life for the Chargers. It's probably going to be another losing season. But I'll go to you first before I start saying how bad my Chargers are going to be with a new head coach and just 
trying to evaluate that. If you didn't have a new head coach and like had a coach that's there for a while, I might have a different story. But <laughs> at least with, you don't have Vic Fangio. Yeah, with the stuff that they're going through, I think you know I would say it's more of a losing record. But I'll go to Isaiah. Isaiah, what do you think the Chargers' record's gonna be? All right, I'm not going to go game by game since we took a long time on the 49ers schedule. I think we took like over 30 minutes on that. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet. The Chargers record, folks, I believe the Chargers will go 9-8. I think they go 9-8 and eight with this schedule. Um, I could see them struggling to start the season. You know, Washington made the playoffs last year, great defense, as well as um, a uh, decent offense for I think Ryan Fitzpatrick makes them a little bit better on offense with the passing game with his ability to throw the football down the field and having that gunslinger mentality Dallas Chiefs Raiders that those are tough games to begin the season you know I could honestly see the Chargers starting they could start one and three or oh and four to start the season with that schedule Browns Ravens they might even tech they might go two and four or one and five to start the season. It won't be pretty. So the beginning is going to be rough for the Chargers. But then I think the middle of the season, I think the middle of the season will be where the Chargers get most of their wins. You know, um, I could see them beating Minnesota, Philadelphia, I think is a win. Uh, the Patriots, you never know, you know, with the Patriots, because with, with how they were last year, the Patriots, some of the weeks that they were supposed to win, they showed up. Some of the weeks that, they weren't supposed to, or some of the weeks that they weren't, yeah, were supposed to win, they didn't show up. Some of the weeks that they weren't supposed to win, they would show up and pull off the upset. So the Patriots, you never know. New York, they're not doing anything. Bengals, I think those are easy wins. Texans, um, I think they split with the Raiders. So uh, looking at it now, I'll re- I'm going to retract my prediction. Instead of 9-8, and eight, I'm going to say 8-9. and nine. Mm. I'll go to John. What do you, what do you think the Chargers are going to end up getting? In this, in their season, yeah, I may surprise you here, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Week one, Washington. <sighs> I'm gonna have to pick Washington just because of the defense. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, I think he is a guy that is gonna surprise me. And yes, I'm a Broncos fan, but so far I can admit that I was wrong. Week two, Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas will do what Dallas always does every single year. Week two, I got the Chargers beating the Dallas Cowboys. I understand rookie last year, sometimes some of the yards or touchdowns were in garbage time, but Dak Prescott coming back from that type of injury. Yes, he is walking. That is a very great sign, and I'm glad, but that doesn't mean the recovery process is still 100% for the Dallas Cowboys and how they handled last season with Andy Dalton. There's no brotherhood. There's no chemistry. So I just think that's going to be a huge issue, not for the Dallas Cowboys, not doing, not just in this game, but for the entire season. Week three, sorry, Trevor, but it's the Chiefs. You cannot say, I say, you do not fear Patrick Mahomes. In this game, I trust Patrick, regardless of numbers. Patrick Mahomes, despite... Me being like, oh my gosh, he puts ketchup on his steak. This guy, I have not seen. He's the, I guess, Nick's and Rodgers in terms of how he, like, I don't know, how he throws the football is something special. So the first three weeks, I have Chargers going one and two. The Raiders, 
Trevor, I'm going to surprise you again. I got the Chargers winning this game because I understand one year Justin Herbert. I get that. But Josh Jacobs is coming back from injury. Max Crosby had a disappointing year last year. Jonathan Abram, we didn't hear a whole lot from him. So I get the Chargers an edge in that game. But week five, the Browns, I believe, are going to be a five-plus point favorite, in my opinion, to beat the Los Angeles Chargers week six. This is the Ravens. I understand. But this is the Baltimore Ravens here. I, I just don't see, unless the Baltimore Ravens prove me wrong throughout the first few weeks, I have the Chargers winning a close game, no more than two to three points a bye week. And then you got the New England Patriots. And as I told you this year, this is one of those, like I say, with the Houston Texans, except on more different levels. This is really hard to try and figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. If Mac Jones is starting for the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick and that offense and that defense, I have the Patriots winning. But if Cam Newton is starting in week eight, the Patriots are going to lose. Week nine, Jalen Hurts. I mean, my gosh, this guy's not a franchise quarterback, not in Madden, not in NCAA. I don't see anything in him. Same type of offensive line, a coach that looks like a younger Sean McVay. Week 10, the Minnesota Vikings. I give the Chargers that um, that advantage in week 11. <laughs> I'm going to have to say the Chargers in – this one, but it's another close game because the Steelers are in a situation, Trevor, where if they, if they don't win it this year, 2022 is going to be the most awkward offseason of Mike Tomlin's NFL career. Week 12, oh, <laughs> I'm not going to skip it, but if if Aaron Rodgers is starting, if some if somehow, some way, we get Aaron Rodgers, my Broncos without a doubt are winning this game. But if it's with Teddy Bridgewater, and or Drew Locke, depending on how Vic Fangio handles the situation, the Chargers are winning that game. As much as I love Teddy Bridgewater, he's not the four to five plus year solution. The Bengals, again, no offensive line. You get your homie in the draft, week 14. The Giants, who? Saquon Barkley, who? Darius Lane, who? Everett Ingram, who? So I give the uh, Chargers advantage in that game. Week 15, again, it's the Chiefs, but I'm out this time, this time. I'll give the Chargers the advantage just because it's towards the end of the season. I believe at that point, the Chiefs already have won the division at that point through the first 14 or 15 weeks. So maybe that'll be a chance where they won't play as many starters. Maybe they won't play as well. Who knows? But I give the Chargers the advantage because I believe by that time, the Chiefs would have already won the division. Week 16, the Houston Texans. Who knows? Probably Tyrod Taylor. So another win for the Chargers. Week 17. I hate to say this, Trevor. This makes me want to hurl and throw up. But I have the Chargers winning that game. Week 18 against the Las Vegas Raiders. There's just something about the Raiders I don't trust. Mm -hmm. I understand that 2016 was a magical year. Last year was supposed to be, I believe, their year to make it really far. Josh Chico's unfortunately got injured. Henry Ruggs had to decent that touchdown pass when the Jets went cover zero and Greg Williams got fired. It's just health. And chemistry issues and miscommunication on the field are issues for the Raiders. But if I had to give an overall record here, Washington L win. Let's see. Washington won. No. Zero and one. One and one. One and three. Two and three. 
two and four, three and four. This one here, I'm going to have, say, a three and five if Matt Jones is starting. Four and six, five and six. So you're going to say six and seven, six, uh, six and eight, seven and eight, eight and eight, nine and eight. Wait, yeah. And then I give the win the Texans, the Broncos, and the Raiders. I believe they could easily get nine to ten wins on the season because by week 15, the Chiefs should already have won the division. Yeah, that's a very good take, John. Um, the more I look at this and looking how the Chargers played last year, a lot of these top teams that they've played in the early like stages of like the season were like less than a touchdown difference or a field goal difference. So it's like going through it. Yeah, you know, the Chargers, you know, can compete with a lot of these teams. Teams I would like rule out the picture are like the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers like those are I would say three losses but if you look at the Chargers last year they took the Chiefs to overtime and Justin Herbert you know mm -hmm. obviously can't really be on the same level as Patrick Mahomes in doing that though you know Justin Herbert's did get experience in overtime against Joe Burrow and well I wouldn't say you know Justin Herbert's got that experience but he's been in close games and the Chargers defense just haven't closed things out so I'm like Looking at this schedule alone, they're probably like in the first six weeks, they're probably only going to win one game based on just like the closeness of the nature of them losing close games and now having a new head coach. So just trying to get the rhythm right. So I'm going to go with like the, you know, one in five in the first six weeks. Patriots, it's Bill Belichick. He has a number on the Chargers for quite some time. So. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. They'll find a way to win the Patriots because that's just how they roll. Eagles, you know, Chargers are going to probably find a way to squeak that one out. Vikings, I'm, I'm just going to give it to Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to be able to find something through. And it's probably going to be an ugly fashion where it's going to be like 17 to like 24 and the Chargers lose it in that type of fashion. With the Broncos, you know, in their division, I feel like it's going to be like a two and four they're going to find one way to beat the Denver Broncos and lose again. Same with the Raiders. They're going to find one way to beat the Raiders and then lose. So after like looking at the rest of the season, I won't go into too much detail. The Chargers, in my eyes, will probably finish 6-11 um, and 11 just because of their nature of losing those close key games, I would say. Wow. Mm-hmm. Six and Thank eleven, you. wow! Trevor. Six and eleven, yeah. You know, we're we're building up something great to you know challenge, you know, the Chiefs. Like they have the, I would say, assets to do so. It's just finding the coaching staff to pull it off. Like you need that head coach that can you know take down Andy Reid because Andy Reid's been just you know running through the AFC right now, and he's been to the AFC Championship game the last three years, so. The guy knows what he's doing. So if you want to beat him, it's the gateway to the Super Bowl at that point. So if you can't beat him in the regular season, how are you going to beat him in the postseason, you know? I mean, Justin Herbert's the second-best quarterback in that division. Yeah. I'm sorry, Teddy. I think you're a phenomenal quarterback, but you're not our four to five-plus your answer. Offensive line, big issue with the um, Denver Broncos here. So Justin Herbert, better than Bridgewater. Justin Herbert is obviously better than Drew Locke. Yep, it just boils down to how Chargers close out the games. If they can close out games, I believe, John, like they can go, you know, a double-digit win season and stuff like that, clinch a wild-card spot. 
or you know finish with nine nine and eight depending how things go they can easily do it but at the same time it's highly possible them for only for them to win six games as well would it be a terrible idea and you can laugh at me if you want for the nfl to do a play-in tournament type thing like the nba just guess, we don't have to discuss it but yeah I, I guess it just depends like how do you determine like the play-in tournament because it's like are we well, looking that's their at, fault. They're, yeah. they, they, they get paid to do that. We can just mm -hmm. have like hypothetical mm -hmm. like, answers or whatever. It would be interesting for sure if there was something like that. But I think how big it already is and you're getting to the point of like eliminating. Yeah, there's only one team who gets the buy. I don't I don't think it's going to change that much. Definitely without a doubt. But, yeah, we're going to bounce to the NBA now because, you know, we're right around the corner to NBA playoffs and. I know we're almost at the hour mark, so you know we're going to try to keep this segment a little bit short. I know Isaiah is a huge fan of Devin Booker, and if we go back, you know, back in the summer after Devin Booker, you know, was running through the playoffs, well, you know, the bubble, and you know, having stellar numbers, you know, now the Phoenix Suns, I believe, are now top in the West. I believe Isaiah, I'll let you go into you know this segment and you know go on your small mini tangent, probably. First of all, let me say this. I want to personally thank Devin Booker, the future Los Angeles Laker in 2023, for helping his future team last night in a big way. Because you guys all know I'm a huge Lakers fan, and the Lakers needed two Portland Trailblazers loss and to win out in their final three games to get past the Blazers and get the sixth seed in the Western Conference and avoid that play-in tournament and a one-game play-in against, you know, either the Warriors or the Memphis Grizzlies. Devin Booker last night, what he did down the stretch and in the closing seconds of that game against the Portland Trailblazers, he really helped the Lakers big time. You know, the Suns were up big, or they were – this was a really back-and-forth game – uh, Suns and Blazers were tied at 26 after the first quarter. Blazers took a one-point lead heading into halftime, and the Suns they you know roared back out of the locker room and they take an eight-point lead after the, uh, the third quarter. And Devin Booker just goes ice cold in that game, but he doesn't let it bother him. And you know Portland was going on this massive run in the fourth quarter. Uh, they I believe they had closed or they had taken the lead against Phoenix and the Phoenix Suns had blown, I believe it was like an eight or nine point lead in that fourth quarter. And Devin Booker, he kept this cool. Uh, he's shown that he's shown what he's learning from Chris Paul this entire season. And he was clutch, man. This guy took the basketball, um, dribbled in, got fouled. You know, there was, there's a lot of controversy whether that was a foul or a no foul, but still got to the foul line, knocked down two clutch free throws and the Phoenix Suns win the game because of Devin Booker's clutch free throws with two, two seconds left in the ball game. And let me tell you guys this, that Devin Booker, thank you so much for helping the Los Angeles Lakers, man, because now with you helping the Lakers by beating the Portland Trailblazers, the Lakers are now only a half game back of the Trailblazers for the or for the sixth seed in the Western Conference. And the Lakers got the Pelicans and the Pacers lined up to end the season while Portland has to go to Denver and face 
the Denver Nuggets, which is a tall task for the tra Trailblazers. I fully anticipate the Lakers will get the sixth seed based on the schedules now. And Devin Booker, the Lakers need to send you a big gift for helping them get the sixth seed. And can't wait to see you in Los Angeles alongside LeBron James, alongside Anthony Davis in 2023 and winning championships. Well, that, that that is a lot right there. I know we, we've talked about a lot about Devin Booker in the past, but I, I want to get to John before I give my two cents on the topic and the future of the Suns in the playoffs. Maybe Devin Booker can show LeBron James how to shoot a free throw. Maybe that he'd be one of his biggest assets with the Los Angeles Lakers. But this is the biggest thing. This is why I say having Chris Paul did help. It might not always show up in the numbers, but like I said, said – being able to keep your composure is really hard in today's game, especially in the NBA with a lot on the line. So I give Devin Booker all the hats and uh, cheers to you, my man. You proved yourself without a doubt. And we saw it early on, I believe in 2016, when he had that 70 point game, phenomenal player. And I give him a lot of credit, especially with the Phoenix Suns, not necessarily being a huge market team so i give him full credit here and lebron you can learn a couple things from Devin booker how to shoot some free throws yep i think it's like looking at the phoenix suns they've really put in the work this season and i think it's like if you remove chris ball from the equation they wouldn't be in this position i, I can guarantee you that and yep. you know i kind of agree with james like without chris ball there's nothing and even when you look at like Devin booker in the bubble he was putting up crazy numbers on like points wise but there was no one really distributing the ball so like sooner the ball was in Devin Booker's hand he was shooting his way and carrying his team all the way through but now when you have a field general like Chris Paul out there on the court now you're getting the assist for Devin Booker so you can get you know get open shots and catching you know catching open threes so it's like literally perfect for this team so you know it's a, like a nice win-win for them and the real question is at this point in time, is it enough for them to do a deep run in the playoffs? Or is this just a team that was good in the regular season, but just falls flat in the postseason and being a complete embarrassment to what they have completed this far in their careers in this season? I'm hoping it's not and they get to the Western Conference Finals and maybe it's just like the lack of experience just being there. That's why they end up falling short. But, you know, I see Isaiah, you have a comment and then I'll go to John. It depends, Trevor. It depends because it depends who they face mm -hmm. in the first round of the playoffs. Because right now, if the Lakers don't get the sixth seed, right, and they're playing the Warriors or the Grizzlies in the seventh and eighth game, I expect the Lakers to win that game, and then they will get the seventh seed, and then they would have to play Phoenix. And basically, if they face Phoenix, I think the Lakers will win that game because I don't think anybody on the Phoenix Suns can handle LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, and that Lakers team. So if they face the Lakers, I think Phoenix will be screwed uh, because just because I just don't think Phoenix has – you know, the firepower to be able to compete with the Los Angeles Lakers. But if you're facing a team like, let's say, you know, you're facing the Warriors or you're facing, um, you know, Memphis, then it's totally different. And I think that Phoenix will be able to show that their success was not just a regular season thing and that it's going to carry over into the postseason. But if you have to face the Lakers, then that's kind of unfair to the Phoenix Suns because everybody was – 
uh, see that you know the Lakers will beat the Suns in, in the seven game series, and then everybody will be like, oh, the Phoenix Suns are just you know regular season team. They're not. They're pretenders in the playoffs when in reality it was that they just met up against a Lakers team that in any other year besides this year, they would probably be a top four seed in the Western Conference. And, John, I know you had a comment before we went to Isaiah, but, you know, put your two cents into it. This is where Devin Booker needs to, despite what he's done, is needs to shut up and listen to Chris Paul. Not necessarily because of his words and how – he keeps his composure. Just to piss off Isaiah. Just to, just to piss you off here. If his Suns versus the Lakers in a playing tournament, just to piss you off, I'll pick the Phoenix Suns. Just to aggravate you here. Just and again, I'm just doing this just to aggravate you. I could care less who wins. I'm just I just like picking a team to win just to aggravate you. I could care less about basketball. Football is my sport. I don't care who wins. I really don't. I'm a Cavs fan. My Cavs are one of the worst teams in the, if not actually the worst team in the NBA. But just to piss you off, man, I would pick the Suns in that game. But this is going to really show because Chris Paul, a lot of times, despite it being a Chris Paul effect in the playoffs, he has had a notion of choking. And you're right. It is a Chris Paul effect. You go back to the Thunder and you go to the fin of the Suns this year. Now, come playoff time, if this is the result of what happened with the Rockets and the Clippers, then it needs to be called the Chris Paul regular season effects. He's no, no doubt if he's your first Brawl Hall of Fame, in my opinion, in a lot of NBA fans' eyes. But if he cannot help rally this team together, regardless of his shows and the numbers, too deep in the playoffs, it has to be called the Chris Paul regular season effect. Yeah, I think like Chris Paul, from what we saw, like even last year, he was on OKC and literally almost took down the Rockets in game seven by himself with a bunch of nobodies on OKC. So, you know, I kind of want to see what he can do with Phoenix and what, you know, he has to do to, you know, get to the Western Conference Finals. You know, in my eyes, I don't think they have to win it. It's just the idea of them getting there from the amazing season that they had. It would be nice if they can go there, go to the NBA finals and win the thing. And, you know, Chris Paul gets that ring, but it's going to take a lot more effort than we actually, you know, what he actually thinks it's going to be. Cause like, once you get to that mountaintop, like surviving the West, you're probably going to face an elite Brooklyn squad, assuming that they're all healthy. And that thing could be swept in four with all the star raw talent that Brooklyn has. And, we all know how we all are not fans of Brooklyn and building a team like that just for what a ring and y'all that desperate to bring all these former all-stars, former veterans. They're all seasoned up just for a playoff push. It's kind of ridiculous on what they end up doing, but you know, we'll, it's, we'll- definitely, it's definitely <laughs> ridiculous Trevor. And this is not increase Kevin Durant's legacy. In fact, it really this would actually do- decrease it there's no doubt he's a phenomenal shooter but i guess a ring's a ring i I guess this this like his rings are a little bit like the ones with like golden state are less valuable for the one in brooklyn if he gets to win this they joined him he joined brooklyn and with Kyrie. so i don't know he's also admitting that he can't put the team on his back yep and that there's no doubt he's a talented, but if you, he's just saying, 
if you have LeBron at his age, or both of them young and in their prime, mm-hmm. put the team on their back, easily it's LeBron. But KD's made with bringing all these players to him. Actions speak louder than words. He's basically saying he cannot put a team on his back. Mm-hmm. And and let's say let's see if those three stars will even be healthy in the postseason because I think. I saw a stat today. They've only played together. They've only played like 15 games out of this entire season. So that health is the big question mark right now for the Brooklyn Nets. It's not just the health here, but it, it's the chemistry, not in terms of how long they played together. But all those personalities on one court in the playoffs, like I told Count here on the sports here, or when we were on the – Back in January, I think Wall Sports Talk is like, I don't, I can't trust this team. Not in the regular season. They'll develop in the regular season. But come playoff time, all those personalities coming together, I'm not sure. Boo. Hey, uh, well, Mr. Adam, you want to do some more Aaron Rodgers talk? Cough, cough. Adam, we already talked about your Detroit Pistons yesterday. So (laughs) (laughs) we gave your team some love, man. Don't worry, we'll give your team more love, too. Yep, I guess I know we have Lakers talk tonight because, you know, for them trying to figure out, you know, should they just tank the last two games and, you know, play in the playing tournament or, you know, try to win out and get the sixth seed. But, you know, me personally, how I look at this is like, why take the risk and play in the playing tournament when your team was injury written from the start? Like, why put the extra games on your team when they're just coming back off of injury? So I would, I were them. Try to win it and get the sixth seed so you're not really playing that playing tournament. So you have a little bit more, you know, gas in your tank to get through the playoffs. But I will go to Isaiah on his takes on what the Lakers should do. As a Laker fan, the Lakers should absolutely tank the final two games and get into the play-in tournament. Because I would rather get into the play-in tournament, face the Golden State Warriors, and then face the Phoenix Suns over a seven-game series against the Los Angeles Clippers to start your playoff run. I I said this when LeBron and AD got hurt. This is not what the Lakers want. The Lakers, you want an easy first round because you know, especially in the West, that the second round and the conference finals and the NBA finals, they're going to be hard, hard series. So the first round, you want a easy, smooth road to the second round. And if you're going to have to play the Clippers in the first round, that, that's going to be very arduous for the Los Angeles Lakers, especially with LeBron coming back from uh, his ankle injury. LeBron hasn't even – or he's only played one game in the last three months. Anthony Davis has missed a lot of time. And the Lakers with Dennis Schroeder, he's missed some time with COVID issues. Uh, a lot of the, the guys on the roster, they've had either injuries or COVID. So they just don't have the chemistry right now. And I think that if you have to play the Clippers in the in a seven-game series, good luck. Because even though the Clippers choke with LeBron coming off injury and not a fully 100% healthy, Anthony Davis coming off injury, Schroeder coming off you know injury and the COVID issues, everybody on the roster – you know, coming off COVID issues or injuries, there's just no chemistry right now. And 
it and it's that and also to have to come and play a hard physical series against the Clippers in round one is not what you want. I would rather go up against Phoenix or go up against Golden State instead of going up in, and battling in a heavyweight battle against the Clippers in round one. So absolutely, the Lakers should tank the final two games and get either the seventh seed or the eighth seed. I'm going to go to John. What, what do you think the Lakers should do? Should they tank? Or should I clinch that six and maybe face the, you know, the Clippers? Get some early vacation time and go to Cancun. I mean, I'm trying to put some energy to this, but it's just like, I, I'll be honest, I, I could care less. But for the Lakers here, you want to make sure they're fully 100%, which means an easy first round, four games, elimination, boom, you're good to go. More time to recover. Because like I say, it's in the second, third round in the Western Conference, Oh, boy, every single game is fighting tooth and nail. So you want to make sure if LeBron is 100%, oh, the Lakers are going to win it all. If him and AD are 100%, this is going to be an issue because we already know in the regular season, AD has never played a full full season ever in his entire career. But both those guys are 65-plus percent healthy. Man, this Western Conference uh, playoffs is going to be definitely interesting without a doubt. All righty, and then to bring us on home for our, you know, NBA topic tonight, gentlemen, is the Hornets, you know, they clinched a playoff berth in the play-in tournament. But the real question is, does LaMelo Ball actually, you know, and the Charlotte Hornets are the Cinderella team in the East? Can they make something happen? Or is this just like, maybe it's not their year, maybe in like three years when they get pieces together, maybe they make another presence and like get the, you know, six seed or something like that in the future but you know i'll go to isaiah i know you're a big fan when we went to the draft and have all that went in so i'll go to you what, what do you think is going to end up happening so the question is with Lamelo ball and the charlotte hornets clinching the play uh play in tournament berth and facing the celtics in the play in tournament game is Lamelo and the charlotte hornets going to be this year's cinderella team of the playoffs because you know every year there's a Cinderella team that you're just like, wow, I did not see the Horn or I did not see this team getting this far. They don't have to win it all. It's just that they have to go farther than what people have projected them to in the beginning. And you know what? I'm going to say yes. I think the Charlotte Hornets absolutely could be this year's Cinderella team. I don't think that they're going to win it all. I don't think they're going to get it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I definitely could see them, you know, surprising a lot of folks in the playoffs. Because right now, right now, when you look at the playoffs, right, when you look at the Charlotte Hornets, they're playing Boston in the play-in tournament. I think they're going to beat Boston because right now, Boston, they have injuries, they have lack of chemistry, and there's just so much turmoil surrounding the Boston Celtics. And you, there's a big question right now as to whether or not Brad Stevens will even return next season because he has um, he has entertained college jobs, Indiana and other jobs this offseason, and Boston's management, they might fire him in the offseason and make him the scapegoat for the Celtics' problems this season. So I think the Hornets are going to beat the Celtics. I think they're going to get in as the seventh seed. And right now, they're they're slated to play Brooklyn at the 2-7 and matchup, right? You know what? This might be my boldest take ever. Oh, dear. But... I could see the I could see the Hornets pulling the upset over the Nets. No. I could honestly see the Cel- 
No, you, you can't say that, Isaiah. You, really you said my understand. take was bad? That's the you, worst one that you've you said can. in terms of basketball. I never Can seen I a super team like no, 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 not yet. There's no, not, yet. no, no, not yet, not ever. There's nothing you could say that could justify the bull, hot semen bowl of baby diarrhea that came out of your mouth. I have a friend that would disagree with you. No. I could see like you happen that to a big three, but a team stacked like Brooklyn losing to Charlotte, the probability of that is it's like. Not even. It would be Doctor Strange's figuring out how the Avengers are going to end up winning. That is the probability of that actually happening, Isaiah. I am sorry. First of all, great Avengers analogy. Great Avengers analogy. Make sure well, you guys. Well, it's okay. Only in. two of us know what the Avengers are. But. Make sure you guys tune into the Marvel podcast, by the way, every Sundays with John and Callan. But here's what I'm not saying that the Hornets are the favorites against the Nets. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it could happen because how many games has Kyrie, KD, and James Harden played together? You need to be drug tested. They played 15 this entire season. 15. That's it. Out of 70, 70 what? 72 games. And they have no chemistry whatsoever. These guys literally are the fragile. Get some help. These guys are literally the most fragile stars ever. Not only in the NBA, but in sports in general. I mean, Kyrie Irving, he, he might sit on the couch and spring some muscle in his leg. I mean, that's how fragile this guy is. So who knows if they're even going to be healthy enough for that series. And with no chemistry, no, like the health questions, Charlotte right now, they've got a young team that is playing with nothing to lose. They are playing, you know, they have the chemistry. I could see the Nets or the Hornets upsetting the Nets just because this team is playing with nothing to lose while the other team has all the pressure in the world. They also have so many injury like problems and question marks and chemistry issues. Brooklyn is a mess right now. While Charlotte, they're just like, eh, who cares, man? We don't even like need to win this series for this season to be considered a success. And let me tell you, those teams that play with that type of attitude, with no expectations, with a chip on their shoulder, with nothing to lose, those teams are the hardest to get rid of every single year in any sport. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with Isaiah. Like, if you have a team that has nothing to lose and they're just going to call some havoc in the league, I can see it. But the team is just way too young to be creating that havoc and that disruption to this seasoned veteran team that Brooklyn is. Like, yes, you can make the argument, you know, that they didn't play all these games together. But at the end of the day, they all have playoff experience in Brooklyn. So it's like, it doesn't matter who is on the court. They know how to play playoff games, though they may not know how to play it together, but they have their individual games to say, yes, we can, you know, seize control. But I could see, you know, Charlotte giving them a shocker to show them that they're not invincible. So, like, maybe it's a steal in game two that really, you know, opens up Brooklyn's eyes saying, we got to start playing together and not get embarrassed. So I could see that actually happening. And also a couple of things, Trevor, before we give the floor to John. You look at the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic, remember, last year in the bubble, right, against the Milwaukee Bucks. I know they didn't win the series, 
But what happened was everybody was like, oh, the Bucks are going to destroy them. They're going to sweep the Magic. They're going to win every game by 30 to 40 points. What happens? Orlando comes out and punches Milwaukee in the mouth and takes game one. And a couple of those games were actually pretty close games that went down to the wire. So I'm not saying Charlotte's going to win. I'm saying, like, I could see the Hornets being like the Cinderella team where everybody's just like, wow, where did this team come from? You know, they, the heck, the Charlotte Hornets weren't even supposed to be close to making the playoffs this year, and they made it to the play-in tournament. And I think they're going to get past the Celtics in the play-in game and make the playoffs. So it's already been a great success for the boss, uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. And the second point I have to make is in that series, Watch out for LaMelo Ball to go off because Kyrie Irving, right? Kyrie Irving is one of the worst defensive point guards in the NBA. And I think LaMelo Ball could cook him all day in that series. I know, John, you have anything else to rebuttal before we close out this um, segment? Isaiah, you couldn't be more wrong. The Charlotte Hornets are not the Cinderella story. It is the New York Knicks. This Knicks team wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs. This is the New York Knicks. This is with James Dolan. And like Dean Bodino said best on my show, because a lot of people were fired from the Texas Rangers. Maybe he's not putting as much focus to the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks this year are the Cinderella story. What are usually the New York Knicks known for? Getting a high pick. Not getting to the playoffs. Being one of the worst teams in the league. In the clinch, a playoff spot. This year, R.J. Barrett, I believe Julius Randle, Derek Rose, all of those guys, starting five, and because there's some guys on the bench, they're the Cinderella story here. But for your uh, question, you're talking about the Hornets. Uh, what was that one again? Um, being the Cinderella team in the playoffs. No, nah, it would have to be the New York Knicks. Just because I understand Charlotte has also been a horrific, horrible team. But usually it's like, oh, it's the Knicks. Because the Knicks are also the same team where James, where our fans said James Dolan to sell the team. And what did James Dolan do? They banned him. So with or, the amount of jokes around the Knicks and for them to be in the playoffs, with especially the type of season that they had to deal with due to COVID, the Knicks are the Cinderella story. And Dean, and I told him, Dean, this on the show. I'm more than happy to send you a bottle of Jack, a cup of coffee, whatever you want, a, ste- a box of Omaha steaks. I know he's a huge New York Knicks fan. He's celebrating. So, Dean, if you want that, my man, uh, well, we'll make that happen. All righty, gentlemen. That was fantastic. I know we have one last segment, you know, looking at the Summer Olympics and how COVID is still riddling the world and making things a little bit harder in the sports industry. But, you know, um, Japan has been put, you know, extended its national COVID state of emergency. And people have started signing petitions to, you know, cancel the 2021 Summer Olympics. I know we don't have to go in so much detail, but, you know, what are your thoughts of a cancellation of the, you know, 2021, you know, Summer Olympics? I'll go with John first. I don't necessarily think it's because of the petition. It's the amount of cases would be the reason why they cancel it, regardless of what mm-hmm. we think about it or not. That many cases, regardless of what we know, positive, whatever, we don't know. It wouldn't be because of the petition, because it's a lot like a lot of petitions in the past. Let's cancel this TV show, yada, yada, yada. 
but it's not going to be because of the petition. It's going to be the amount of cases and to figure out how many of those cases are people having COVID-19. That, I think, would be the biggest factor here, not the signing of the petition. And Isaiah, what about you, you know? Looking on the Summer Olympics is looking grim. And, you know, it could also play into the factor of, like, future Olympics in, in like, I believe in 2022, where it's in Beijing, China, for the Winter Olympics. So it's going to be really interesting to see what ends up happening. I know we discussed on the phone before we had the show tonight saying, what does this actually mean for people who qualified and they miss this opportunity? Because the Olympics only happens every four years. And maybe this may be their only shot, only opportunity to experience the Olympics. And the pandemic ended up robbing them from that opportunity. Well, Trevor, John, let me say this. The 2021 Olympics is not dead, but it is very close to death. It is like this close to death. It's on a life support machine right now. That's what this Olympics is right now. I think Japan, honestly, is just delaying the inevitable because I think right now with if you look at Japan's COVID cases numbers, they were really low at the start of April. They were at like 2,000 or they were at 1,290. And now they're having cases every single day. They're having 6,000 plus new cases a day. And it's just getting higher and higher and higher by the minute. And it's not good. It is not good with 10 weeks left until the Olympics are supposed to start. And, you know, I think like James Gonzalez says, I think Japan should just forget about the Olympics. They should just be smart about it because if you cancel the Olympics, people won't ridicule you for doing it since you're, you're, you're protecting people's health. You're protecting the public safety. You're being worried about the safety of the public. And I think that should take precedent over what's going on right now. Uh, Japan just trying to force a Olympics on us. I mean, if we had an Olympics, it would be great. But I just think right now, Japan is trying to force a compromised product that that I think will be a utter disaster, not only for Japan, not only for the athletes, and but for the entire world. Because let's look at let's look at it this way, guys. If the Olympics happens, right? If the Olympics happens, I could see a lot of athletes, a lot of star athletes opting out because they said, hey, I don't want to deal with COVID and blah, blah, blah. I'm already a star athlete making a lot of money. I don't want to deal with it. So other countries are not even going to be sending their top athletes. They will be sending, you know, athletes that didn't qualify or this some athletes that they just got off the streets and watched them do you know tum like you know handstands on the street sending them to the olympics that's a compromised product nobody wants to see that everybody wants when they tune into the olympics they want to watch the top athletes compete at the top level and that would be a very compromised product also trevor john i'm worried about some of these you know, small countries that don't have the access to the medical care that some of these big countries like China, Japan, Russia, and America has. Like, I'm talking about North Korea. You know, like North Korea, they send athletes all the time to the Olympics. They are a very small country. I know they're saying they don't have any cases right now, but nobody believes that that statement that they put out. I'm scared that North Korea, they will send some athletes to Japan to, to the Olympics, and then 
those athletes will catch the coronavirus. And I know those athletes probably won't die because those athletes, you know, they have very strong bodies. But I'm afraid that those athletes will go back to their home countries and then that country will start a huge outbreak. So that's why I'm worried about, you know, this Olympics. It's because I think it's going to have major effects, you know, not only on the product, but major effects on a lot of these small countries that are poor and don't have access to the top medical care that a lot of these big countries do in the world. Yeah, John. James makes a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because therefore kinda... you don't have a huge crowd. Mm-hmm. And you can still go within your rules and whatever else Japan and every other country has. I think that would be an interesting idea. And you still have plenty of time to do that. It's 10 weeks versus 10 days. Yeah, but I think going off of that, like certain events, like it's going to be hard. So like basketball it wouldn't be able to be done, but all the track and field events, I guess, you know, all the water aquatics or with rowing. So like anything that involves with time, you know, that can be done, that can be recorded and you can have figuring out which countries win, you know, you know, gold, silver and bronze at that point. So I think that's probably, you know, the best safe alternative, but you know, I think also James on top of that thing, you know, no team events. I think that's also a good one. But, you know, we have to, you know, see what Japan does. I know, Isaiah, you have a comment to add on top of that before we move into our Power Five for tonight. The thing that I don't understand is why does the International Olympic Committee, why do they not just move the Olympics away from Japan and move it to a different country where the COVID cases are not that high, like the United States. Why not move it here to like Southern California where they've had hosted Olympics in the past. And here in Southern California, you know, they have, they have, um, they have arenas and stadiums where, which is equipped to hold Olympic events like the Coliseum, other, you know, venues here in Southern California that could host Olympic events. You don't have to, you know, build another stadium or build another venue for this Olympics. You're just going to move it here to the United States. You could easily do it here in the United States. And I think that's what the International Olympic Committee uh, should do instead of like forcing it in Japan, forcing it in Asia, where, you know, in India, there's a huge outbreak going on right now, a huge deadly outbreak going on right now. And there's a deadly variant that has come out of India and India is very close to Japan and very close to infecting, you know, uh, Japan and having a potential new outbreak in Japan, which you, which is what you never want. So yeah, Isaiah, you're very spot on with that and trying to move it to a, a country that doesn't have a huge pandemic, but it's like you said, it's only 10 weeks and just trying to prepare that it's going to be a lot of stress on the country itself, trying to either prepare or get the stadiums refurbished in those 10 weeks. So I, I think it's probably, probably safer. I would say maybe just to cancel it. Then if it was like three months out, you would have enough time to refurbish stadiums and, you know, get it all spick and span for the Olympics and make it look pretty. But you know, it's four years every time. Um, Yep. No travel abroad, please. Virus will, you know, travel with it. Obviously, you know, like if we've seen in the news, you know, Pfizer was going to try to give some vaccines to the athletes and get them, you know, vaccinated for the Olympics. But 
it's it's really tough to see you know what goes on you know obviously take the time if you have the ability to you know go get your vaccine to you know help you know try to contain this and battle but you know do what you feel you think is right and you know comfortable for yourself and don't put yourself in harm's way by any chance you know we all care about you at the mi6 sports network so, you know please be safe at this time as you, you know try to figure out what your summer plans are and stuff like that but gentlemen let's move on to our power five for tonight All right, tonight's Power 5, gentlemen. I know it's a, it's a fun one. We're going back to the world of animals. So our Power 5 segment tonight is the top five exotic pets you would like to own. <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't have time to prepare. I didn't know what the Power 5 was going to be. Unless it was Power 5 Power Rangers. I don't know. Any exotic animals? I mean, do the ones from Door Count when I was a kid? I mean... Dude, we'll, go to you, we'll go to you last, John, to give you some time. Ooh, to, you know, I know I got one. What's the one from mm -hmm. SpongeBob? That that the bear, the floating, the fishing bear. Oh, Is that an exotic the sea animal? bear. The sea bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Have I thought you were gonna go sorry. with the Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I was at work, so I had no time to prepare for a Power Five. So, I um, I don't have anything. All righty. We'll go to you last. We'll go to you last. We'll give you some, like, after you hear some of us, you know, maybe it might jog your, you know, memory of what you would like. But, you know, we'll see. Even if you come up with three, we'll, we'll take the three. All right. So I'll go to Isaiah first. Isaiah, what is your power five for, you know, exotic pecs, pets you would like to own? Ooh, I got a wild list for y'all. I got a oh dear. That scares me. That scares me because you get scared by a tiny crab and you are running away. So, oh boy. This is a wild list of pets that I would love to own. I got a couple of pictures here to show, but I'll show it when I get to those animals. But Trevor, John, number one or number five, man, my brain is already fried. You're already number, going to one. Wow. Oh, for <laughs> you. Did you work this week, Isaiah? <laughs> Hold on. Num well, let's, let's start with some honorable mentions. Oh, how many honorable mentions do you have? Yeah. <laughs> number or... My honorable mention, I don't know why I keep saying number one, but my honorable mention is a turtle, a pet pet turtle. You know, That's it's not, not exotic. Not that, it's not that exotic, but I've seen really few people own like a pet turtle. Like I have seen people own turtles in the past. So that's like why it's on my honorable mention list is because a lot of people own it more than the pets that I have right now on my list. But number five, fellas, it is a jaguar. Number five is a jaguar. Um, I don't know if anybody currently owns a jaguar, but it would be super cool to have like a, a mini pet jaguar, you know, lying around and you can, you know, throw the ball with like it's a dog. Um, but that's my number five. Uh, number four on my list, I'm going to have to say a hippo, a hippo, because, you know, hippos, Hippos, I think, in my opinion, they're the cutest animals out there. And I've seen pictures of baby hippos, man, and it, it's it's like the cutest thing you've ever seen. And having a pet hippo or baby hippo would be really cool. 
um, number, what was that, number four? Number three on my list is a polar bear. Yes, a polar bear. Big bear. But you know the thing about polar bears is they might seem like rough on the outside and want to, you know, beat up everybody or kill everybody. But I've seen people have pet polar bears. I watched um, a YouTube video. This Russian guy has a pet polar bear and he's just out there in a hot tub with his pet bowler polar bear and they're just chilling so i want to experience that um number two on my list it's gotta be the cheetah a baby cheetah man i've always been enamored with cheetahs i love cheetahs a lot and trevor john wouldn't it be so cool to train for a marathon or even run a marathon with a cheetah with that's that. just terrible why would that be terrible? You would look like the second coming of Usain Bolt having to keep up with that big cheetah. You said a marathon. No, not a hey, sprint. I would win every marathon if I trained with yeah, a cheetah. Not a sprint. Cheetahs don't go 26, you know, miles for their, you know, 70 mile an hour, you know, speed. They, they don't do that. It's it's short and short distance. So I would rather be training for, you know, you know, the 100 meter dash. Something like that. I would rather train with that with the cheetah than trying to do that in, like, you know, a marathon. And also, look at how cute these animals, like, these baby cheetahs are. Like, they're just super cute, man. Um, and last but not least, number one on my list is a cow. Oh, my goodness. A cow, exactly. I love cows. Like, you know, this thing right here is super cute already, just looking at it. But... I mean, it would be so great to have a pet cow who not only could be your buddy or your companion, but also could give you milk, could give you butter, could give you cheese, give you yogurt every single day. A cow is useful to, you know, be a buddy to a human, and it's also great to give food to human <laughs> beings. So double greatness for a baby cow or for a cow. I'm gonna have to agree with James on this one. Cows are exotic. <laughs> well, hold on, Trevor. We exotic meaning that not many people own. I don't think many people so own. You, like, if, go. If you're not living on a farm, you're not gonna dude, You're not gonna see a pet cow or cow going like roaming on the streets with humans on walks, man. In a typical neighborhood. I guess. I'll go to James's um, Power Five. He has tigers, lions, jaguars, polar polar bear, and bear. Oh, my. <laughs> That's like a security team right there. You don't even it need really to hire is. security guards. Just have Hey, Dad. Whoa, 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 with the tiger very elegant you can have the white tiger for the snow or just the classic orange tony the tiger as you know your pet very very good very classic that's why i put in the fifth spot number four is the elephant very big beautiful majestic creatures who can remember literally everything they will find their way back to their watering hole for generations to come that's why elephants are unique they are beautiful and they can literally 
you know, in the middle of the night, if an elephant charges at you, you know, you're a goner. Elephants are dangerous. So, you know, that's why I put them on the fourth spot. But they're gentle giants at heart, and they enjoy, you know, their time together. Number three, the kiwi. <laughs> Wait, what? The kiwi, yes. The the bird kiwi, yes. A little cute thing I think is in Australia, the kiwi. I don't know. I enjoy saying the word kiwi. That's why I put it on there. But these birds are birds that don't fly, but they're aggressive. And they have sharp claws for, like, their talons. So kiwi is on that list because I just enjoy the word. And it's also, like, the fruit. So it's, like, imagine if you could cut a kiwi, would it, you know, be, like, the inside of the fruit? It's probably not. And I probably shouldn't have said that. But, you know, it would be interesting. Yes, a kiwi, I said. Oh, my gosh. Don't tell that to the bird, though, that you're going to cut the kiwi. Yeah, I know. Look how dangerous that thing actually is, though. (laughs) Number two, I'll make up for it, John, is – the panther you know you gotta enjoy it you gotta add marvel in there the black panther so you get the suit and then have the black panthers at your side very good very classy but the number one i would say the exotic animal if i had to have it would be the komodo dragon it's a nice giant lizard so it's really good and it's very exotic and would make me look like you know a criminal boss in those you know tv shows and having that you know, petty guana, but my Komodo dragon's a lot cooler and amazing. I'm guessing, Isaiah, you're trying to find a picture of the Komodo dragon? Okay, I was gone for five minutes. What? Isaiah, yes. really? Yes, the cow was his number one. Yes, a pet cow. Exactly. Thank you, whoever owns this thing. That's not at a freaking farm, because that's where cows go, so we can have our meals. Mm, I won't eat more chicken, but I'll have a nice plate of steak yummy but exotic look at oh my, my komodo gosh. dragon it's beautiful oh. <laughs> that looks like a real dinosaur <laughs> and oh john are you able to come up with three or I'm do just, you have a I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna make up some um i see you know what i thought i could come up with something but I, i'm just gonna say tiger not just because of madagascar here but i think those are some some of those wild beasts. When you know, man, when you see one of those, you need to just step away from it. And unlike Alex the Lion here, you can't be throwing sticks at it and expecting to think that that's going to work out in your favor. Of course, the polar bear, the uh, slogan mascot for Klondike Bar, had been number three. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a jaguar. I mean, those, those things, I don't, I, obviously, I can't run fast. You can look at me. But if I had to uh, try to outrun that, I might as well just stand there and say, I'm done. I'm done. But cows are not exotic. A dolphin. Isaiah. Oh those, you can't have a pet dolphin. This is not SeaWorld. What do you mean? Put it in a tank. <laughs> what type of house are you are you having to have like a J-Lo type of Kanye West type of house here or Cardi B type of house like what Isaiah's is trying to be a super villain he hey, wants a I'm shark not, tank or a piranha tank I'm not saying I'm in the house I'm living right now I'm thinking big picture I'm thinking what I'm gonna be in 30 years when I got this mansion what kind of exotic pets that I want and by exotic we mean that not a lot of people own so that's why cows are exotic they're not like 
You know, you don't see a cow walking Why would down I the want a cow? Every time I see a cow, I think of steak and I think of dinner. I'm not going to have a pet cow. Milk, cheese, butter, cream cheese, yogurt. Steak. Plus, it could steak. be a man's best friend. It's a man's a best it is a man's best friend <laughs> on a Sunday night with a beautiful dinner. Perfect. All Sorry, right. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I, I want to, you know, have my Kiwi claim out there. You know, I, I don't want to cut a Kiwi open, you know, that stuff. I, I got to make that statement, you know, put that out there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, any, I, I guess our MI6 is trying to trickle through the, their power five. So I really don't know if it's going to get in through in that time, but we'll move on to our final thoughts. And as it trickles through, we'll, we'll see what they end up coming up with. So. Gentlemen, let's go on to our final thoughts. All right, it's been a fantastic show. We crossed over the 90-minute mark, so let's try to bring this episode on home. It's already pretty late on the East Coast, almost approaching 2 a.m., so I'm kind of getting ready for you know my nice nap time before I have to wake up in the morning and just start my normal Saturday morning routine, So, or Saturday morning cartoons with a nice bowl of cereal. But Isaiah, right, <laughs> Isaiah, what are your final thoughts for tonight? Well, before I get into my final thoughts, just want to thank our fans out there for staying up late and tuning into our show tonight. You know, I want to thank James. I want to thank, uh, I think we had a couple more. Adam Barber, my guy, Ace, thanks so much for tuning in, man. Looking forward to Sunday for that, you know, Jeopardy trivia. Me and Trevor will be a part of it. So if you guys are interested, go to the Coast to Coast Entertainment Network and watch me and Trevor compete with some of those folks at Coast to Coast uh, in their Jeopardy trivia uh, game show that they're going to have. Um, also want to thank Brandon Herrera. Brandon, de definitely, we're going to get you on one of these days to talk about your Vikings, your Twins, your Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Oh, my show, I'll roast you. Um, also, Ishmael uh, and Edward Lee and Corey Goodridge. And Corey, to, you know, be on your point, um, just DM me or message me and we'll try to make something happen and have you come on the show. But thank you to all of our fans for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys so much for staying up late once again and watching our program. But my final thoughts is, man, it's going to be so much fun on Sunday. Yes, sir, James. I wasn't going to, I wasn't supposed to spoil it during my, um, when I was thanking the fans, I was supposed to announce it during the final thoughts. But trivia, yes, sir. Me and Trevor are going to be participating in Jeopardy trivia on the Coast to Coast Entertainment Network. You know, Trevor, I don't know like if you know that much about history or you're very familiar with like, you know, Disney voice characters, but I'm not. So I'm going into this thinking that like I know there was someone, Adam told us, that there was someone that, you know, really embarrassed himself by saying, you know, Michael Irvin in 2014. Well, I think I'm going to top that, Trevor. I think I'm going to top that. I might get something, like, extremely wrong with, uh, you know, trying to answer one of the trivia questions. So uh, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking forward to meeting new people. But I know I'm going to face plant, Trevor. I know I'm going to face plant. So, um if you guys want, tune in for that. It's a 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 a.m. Eastern time on the Coast to Coast Entertainment Network. But other than that, great show, great way to wrap up a Friday. And thank you to all the folks tuning in to uh, the MI6 Sports Network.
I think I heard AM, but it's one 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 PM Eastern time. So I just gotta clear that up. And John, any final thoughts for you? For sure, man. I just love some of these comments here. He basically uh, between Adam and Brandon, he said, "Screw your Vikings! They're going zero and seventeen. That type of fun banter is without a doubt. But always good to come into the show. And folks, you want to know that type of trivia? Star Wars. Ooh, that's always a good Isaiah one. thought C three PO was a Golden Globe Award, and no, The Mandalorian is not a romantic." comedy show but it's always fun to do these type of shows different topics especially in the nfl but uh, it's always a lot of fun thank y'all for having me on and isaiah niners seven and ten baby all righty i know i'll read the mi6 you know power five so for us um for our network who's doing it for tonight you know, we have the Flamingo, number four, the Boar, no, number three, the Panda, number two, the Kangaroo, and number one, the Bull. But this is not a Bull, though. <laughs> we still get the horns. <laughs> I've been I've been uh, chased by a Bull one time. We're on the rodeo. We were giving some drinks to the people that were before the rodeo show starts, and uh, we'll the show started before we got back outside the fence. We had to run really quick. John, your name should be Bull with some of your takes. Oh Says that you have no room to talk. There's a reason why you're called the Asian Skid Bayless. You make Skid Bayless look like a Harvard five-time graduate with the type of takes that you say. And you said Jock's winning MVP this year. And on top of that... You already said that certain quarterbacks are going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot, and they haven't played down in the NFL. You can't be saying any of that garbage at all. Yep. Yep, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, for my final thoughts, it's been a fantastic show. It's been, you know, a long doozy one, you know, coming up to, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. You know, it's great to be back on the show and, you know, you know, season three, episode 13. So it's been fantastic, but this will do it for here for us on tonight's show of no BS season three, episode 13. Take care, everyone. Enjoy your Friday night or Saturday as you know, we're getting closer to the midnight hours in the rest of the United States. So, you know, enjoy your Saturday, everybody. And, you know, make sure you tune in to, you know, coast to coast trivia and jeopardy on Sunday to see me and Isaiah, you know, go bankrupt in jeopardy in the first couple minutes. But, you know, enjoy your rest of the evening, everybody. And, you know, so long. See you next week. Yeah. Three C's, my fiat. Yeah. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. Whoa. Say what? Hey. Whoa. Three C's, my fiat. Hey. Whoa. It's going down. Whoa. Hey. Y'all know what Whoa. time it is. Hey. We ain't playing with you. Hey. In the club. Hey. In the street. Hey. Hey. Hey.